Hello, I'm Todd Starnes, the lead pastor of Odessa First Assembly. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. We are continuing our series on no offense, but today our focus is working through the importance of forgiveness and how to forgive. If you would like more information about us, please go to odessafirst.com or any of the social media platforms, search Odessa First Assembly. Please like and share this podcast. Let's jump into this week's message. So Matthew chapter 18, verse 21, it says this, Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wishes to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children, all that he had, and for payments to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. Verse 27, and out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. And that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down, pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will repay you. He refused and went to put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Verse 32, his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should I not, and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until you should pay his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you not forgive your brother from the heart. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning, Lord. I just pray that our hearts be open and ready, that our hearts be good soil, ready to see, receive your word. I pray that you speak to us, Lord, and not just something we hear and, and, just, uh, and that's it. But Lord, let, us be, let it shift us, let it change us, let us be doers of your word. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. You know, we talked about this just really briefly last week. I did read the whole passage last week. And Peter, and what's happening here, it's kind of the historical context, is Peter is asking a question that was a common debate among the rabbis of that day. This was actually a common debate of how much forgiveness should be given. And the common answer was that you could could forgive somebody three times but on the fourth time, there should be no forgiveness. And so that's kind of what just the rabbis, the leaders of the day came up with. And so here's Peter. He didn't say, shall I forgive, you know, as much as he, you know, I need to forgive him. He didn't say to only forgive him three times, asking the very specific question. But, I mean, Peter's trying to, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know whether Peter's trying to sound generous or, or you know, what his idea was of why saying. But he said, you know, should I forgive him Seven times. I mean, that's, that's more than double what the rabbis are telling us to forgive. But then Jesus, of course, goes beyond. 
like he does every single time. Okay, you didn't catch that. I'm going to say it again. Jesus always goes beyond. Always. And he says 77 times. And some, some, some translations say 70 times 7. But this principle we took from that last week is to forgive, then forgive again. And I just want to interject this, just in case I really just didn't kind of push this last week, is to remind you, and that's what this morning is going to be, is really so, uh, it's going to be more of a teaching, it's going to be more, okay, the brass tacks of this, how do we live this out in life? And the reality is this, is that I, just because you forgive somebody, it doesn't automatically take away the offense. It doesn't automatically take away the pain. It doesn't automatically take away the hurt. It isn't auto- and so what you have to do is, is forgive again, and that's okay. Because we're dealing sometimes with a lot of hurt. We're dealing with a lot of mess. And I've been in those situations in my life, and I know I've shared this before, but I believe my mother shared with me and taught me a very important principle when it comes to forgiveness. And I'm going to tell you something, not without going into detail, if there's somebody that can speak towards forgiving others that have hurt you. My mom stands in that boat. She stands on that ground. It is, uh, I can't imagine uh, having gone through what she has gone through in life. But she told me, she says, you wake up Monday and you forgive them. Then you wake up Tuesday and you forgive them. Then you wake up Wednesday and you forgive them. Then you wake up Thursday and you forgive them. Then you wake up Friday and you forgive them. And that is the pattern you create. And she said, what you'll find is, is that every day will turn into every other day, then every third day, then maybe once a week, and, and, you'll, and it, you'll, that healing process will begin in you. And so I'm going to tell you, forgive and forgive again. But I want to talk in more detail about the magnitude of what Jesus is saying here. And uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about some, some math this morning, but listen to me. Um, A person who cannot forgive has forgotten how great of a debt God has forgiven him. And, and that is really the context of this parable that we read. A person who cannot forgive has forgotten how great of a debt God has forgiven them. And so I want to talk about this in a few moments in just like our terminology. And so it's going to have to have a little bit of math. So are you ready for that? Amen. Okay. So this scripture talks about denarius, denaria, and talents. And so I want to break that down kind of in our modern terms because when we read that, it really it's like, okay, I don't know. I don't know how to put that in context. So, uh, you know, a, a common wage today, and I, I want to base this kind of off the $7.25 of of minimum wage, just kind of in today's terms. I think the average daily salary in America is $19, but we're going we're gonna to take the $7.25, so that would give us $58 a day. Are you with me? Simple math, right? So $58 a day. In the first century, a denarius would buy 15 pounds of wheat a denarius would buy 15 pounds of wheat so just just track with me just follow along this day well this begin to make sense and so that denarius would buy 15 pounds of wheat a talent 
is 6,000 denarii. A talent is 6,000 denarii. Let me say it this way. 20, a talent is 20 years of a daily wage working six days a week. And that would come to a total of that 20 years of 348,000. Are you with me so far? So, three, so 20 years, a daily wage, six days a week, 348,000. And so here Jesus is telling Peter about these unforgiving servants and the one that was forgiven, and they owed 10,000 talents. God has forgiven the debt. We can put it in this parameters. God has forgiven the debt of 10,000 talents. That's what this parable means. The, the guy that owed that 10,000 talents, that's us. The master that forgave is God. Are you with me? And so he forgave our 10,000 talents. And God has forgiven the debts of it. When we come to him and ask for forgiveness, he washes us. But that kind of, we're kind of just putting a numerical value just for understanding. Now, a hundred denarii, I remember. So the guy that was forgiven, he went out and found the guy that owed him a hundred denarii. That is a significant sum. It's four months of wages. So this guy owed him $5,800. He owed far more than that. We're going to talk about that in a moment. A hundred talents, but this guy only owed him $5,800. This was debt, and it's significant, and he went after him for him to repay it. So he was forgiven far more, right, than what the other man owed him. Now, here's what we need to realize, that 10,000 talents is 200,000 years of labor, so what this man owed his master was 20,000 years of labor. That's 60 million working days. In modern money, it's $3.48 billion if we base it off $7.25. He owed, if it, I think the, if, if you use the $19 an hour, I think that equates more to $9 billion. But either way, I doubt I will see a billion dollars in my lifetime. But it's what he owed the master. Three billion versus five grand. Here's a visual of 10,000 talents. Picture a, whatever your truck is, whether you're a Ford guy or Chevy guy or whatever, Dodge guy, Tundra guy. And you fill that pickup bed up full of gold. And you park those trucks bumper to bumper. The line would stretch almost a mile and a half and be 375 tons of gold. That would be 10,000 talents. Oh, how God has forgiven us. And yet, this man was owed a debt. I mean, I would dare say the majority of this room, somehow, some of you, I mean, it wouldn't be a problem at all. Some of us may would have to scrounge a little bit, but I would dare say that most of us could come up with five grand if we wanted to spend five grand on something. But we could never 
Maybe one day there will be a guy in here that could write a billion-dollar check, but I don't think there is right now. Think about the forgiveness. A person who cannot forgive has forgotten how great a debt that God has forgiven him. And so what that should shout out to us when we read these things over and over and over again in Scripture, and it does say it over, over, and over again in Scripture, that if we don't forgive, we will not be forgiven. Why? Because God says, do you realize how much I have forgiven you? And so I want to look back, I want to say in the same passage, but we're going to go up a few, are, is that right? are you awake this morning? Are you with me? Okay, we're going to go up a few verses, and we're going to begin in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 15. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. And this really opens up the specifics, really just how we walk out forgiveness in our life. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault, between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained a brother. Verse 16. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. Verse 17. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. If you didn't know, that's a bad thing. Verse 18, truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Doesn't that sound like, you, God, he says that same thing in Matthew 16. We're going uh, to talk about that just for a brief moment this morning. Verse 19, again I say to you, it's not, it's not just weird that all of a sudden that passage is in the middle of all this. Verse 19, again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where there are two or three gathered in my name, there I am amongst them. Is it, is it interesting to you that God says, where there is peace between you, I'm going to be there? Amen, Pastor. That was a good point. Thank you, Pastor Todd. Amen. So, but let's talk about the specifics. The first thing is this. Three is a crowd. What do I mean by that? Three is a crowd. Scripture specifically says, you and him alone. When there, now, this scripture, it's, really, it's talking about a couple of things here. It is talking about our relationship with another, but it's also talking about like a brother, somebody in sin in the church. And, you know, and just hit the pause button for a second. Can you imagine if we... If we I want to be careful on how I say this, but could you imagine a church that actually carried out these instructions? Oh, you're not going to listen to me? Well, here's a couple of us who are going to talk to you. Oh, you're still not going to listen? Okay, Sunday morning, we're going to take a few minutes, we're going to talk about this issue. I'll process that for a moment. Three is a crowd, you and him alone. It is difficult when feelings get hurt or an offense happens, and all those emotions are flowing, it's, sometimes it is important to not explode or react right then. But Scripture is clear. When that moment happens, and it will happen, it doesn't say call Grandma Sue. It doesn't say call best friend Betty. 
It says, you and him alone. Come on, I'm preaching good now. It says, you and him, I've got this wrong in that heat of the moment. I get it. I know we're human, we're flesh. It's important, the first step in reconciliation to be just between you and that person. And so, yes, sometimes maybe the situation of how it happens doesn't allow for something to happen at that moment. And so you might have to hit the pause, but you might have to step back and say, okay, we can, we got to deal with this later. There's, there, you know, we're in the middle of, we're in the middle of, a, a, there's a lot of people around. We just need to dial it back. Listen, and in that moment, the goal is not for you to stew. The, the, the goal is not for you to think up of your list of how you can go on the attack. The goal is not for you to plan your offense and to play that argument out in your head and say, if they say this, I'm going to say this. And if they say that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. And, and, you know, that's not what that moment is for. The goal is always reconciliation. And that needs to be our heart. The mo- it's always for reconciliation. And that scripture tells us, I mean, point blank, if he listens to you, you have gained a brother. Listen to me. Confrontation is not a license for an attack on every person that hurts or slights you. Confrontation is not a license for it to go on the attack of everybody that hurts you and slights you. Sometimes that initial conflict is going to happen around a group of people. And it's okay to say, let's continue this later. An argument may start between me and Angela in front of the kids. But we work it out in private. And then there have been times where if the argument was bad enough. And I, so if you don't know this about me and Angela, Right? There's this DNA in us, we're both right. I mean, we will die on that hill. And, so, you know, you, this may surprise you. It's, it's, some of aren't so surprised about me. But Angela, she'll stand her ground. Nobody elbowing, right? And so there have been a few heated things. I know that may, you may think less of us and pastoral family and ministry and all that, but we fight. But when we resolve it, and if it happened in front of the kids, we have always gone to them and said, hey, we work this out, here's what happened, and we make sure they are part of that reconciliation process. You don't want your kids taking sides. And so I may get a little specific here, but I want you to listen to me. It, I mean, we, we you know, being the people of God, I... <laughs> I really believe that, uh, especially in this climate that we're living in, to be that salt and that light, we need to be a people not just of spiritual maturity, but emotional maturity. And so, you know, just some practical things. Facebook or any social media is not a platform to air out your passive-aggressive comments about your spouse or anybody else for that matter. Don't involve family members in your disputes. I'm so grateful that our pre-medal counselor, she hammered this. That when me and Angela get in a fight, that I'm about to call my mom and say, well, Angela. Because you know what? I'm my mom's favorite. Don't tell my two sisters that. They're, you know, but they, I'm, I'm, I'm my mom's favorite. 
and she's going to take my side. And then me and Angela are reconciled, but you know who's still upset? It's mama, mama bear. Don't involve those that it doesn't involve. And I'm going to tell you something else, and this may, it may be a plug, I don't know, but I'm going to tell you something. You know, this week we really saw something happen. We, we had a significant amount of people connected somewhere in some way in a Living Free and Connect group. It happened all week long, and it was amazing to see. I'm going to tell you, if you feel like you're slipping through the cracks, if you feel like that you're not connecting, you need to get a group to be a part of. You really do. We have a grief group. We have the concerned persons. We have the 12th step. We have the Bible engagement at the Atkins. We have um, godly parenting. We have, we have Wednesday night men's and women's uh, and, and the Spanish on Wednesday nights. We have a place for you to connect, and hopefully we're going to see through the summer and fall even that grow more. But get connected because what that will do is keep you from living life by yourself. Then there's this verse, right? This is the, I think this is kind of the, these next two things are like the elephant in the room. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every, and with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. Now this is speaking of something, I mean, this is talking about like somebody in sin, but listen to me. If somebody has a pattern in their life, you know, what some of us need to do is see what the common denominator is. And if you have a history of damaged relationships, the common denominator might be all those in your life that you have something against, but it may be myself. I know that's hard to hear, but if you look throughout the history of your life and you see broken, hurt relationships, then maybe the issue is you and not everybody in the wake. But regardless of what it is, it's when we bring together a trusted, mature group of elders, people, of, of spiritual authority, God can really do something special. This is not, I'm, gonna, I'm going to take all my buddies because they agree with me and we're going to prove them wrong. This is not about trying to get people, you know, tell your story to as many as you can and get them on your side. This is not, I'm 100% right and they're 100% wrong. This is going to find out the issue, the heart of the matter. When the sin is evident, having a, having a, a, a council of people is scriptural. The Bible tells us in Proverbs eleven fourteen, where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in abundance of counselors, there is safety. Here is the benefit when there cannot be a reconciliation of bringing, and I'm going to emphasize, spiritually and emotionally mature people and leaders into the situation is this. Having two or three come into the conversation may mean it's not all the offender's fault. Okay, let me say it this way. There's two sides to every story. And sometimes you need people in your life guiding through all of that. I want to say something else about this. Everything does not need to be confronted. I mean, if we really showed grace to one another, not everything has to be a big deal. You can let things go. 
My mother-in-law says all the time, water off a duck's back. Water off a duck's back. I mean, I learned early on in ministry. I mean, I had a, 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 an older minister tell me in ministry, what you're going to find is that you need a skin like a rhinoceros, but the heart of a lamb. Listen, let people have a bad day. All right. I feel like I'm preaching a whole lot better than what I'm getting response back. Let people have a bad day. You expect grace when you have a bad day. Let people have a bad day. Give them a way out. Proverbs 17, 9. Whoever covers an offense seeks love. But who repeats a matter separates close friends. I think there is an ever a scripture I've seen come to pass over and over and over and over. It's that proverb. Sometimes you just need to let it be their problem. Listen, just let their mad be their own mad. If, you know, your spouse is in a bad mood that day, give them some grace. Because you may have been that way two days ago. Oh, no, not me. I, well, I'm the perfect spouse. Let them own their own mad. Sometimes you just got to let this say, you know what, I, I'm just letting that be on them. I'm going to tell you, in ministry... I, you know, it's just amazing. And I, listen, I, I say this in a jovial way. I really do. But it would really blow your mind some conversations I've had in ministry or, what's, or things I've done that have bothered people. I nearly brought one up this morning, but I remember one time I brought up a bottle of Dasani bottle water. I, now I have Members Mark purified water. But I had a Dasani water bottle, which I had refilled like who knows how many times because that's what I still do. Not out of any other reason, that's just what I do. And I, so I, I, it made somebody in the church mad. They're like, well, if he can afford a bottle of Dasani, we're paying him too much. I actually had somebody tell me that. I mean, I could, I could create a whole list for you of criticisms. And I'm like, you know what? You can own, oh, if you need money, go see Vicki. She's got Dasani over there. I mean, really, I had to really get the place to ministry. It's like, if you want to critique me that much, whatever. <laughs> I, you know, but at first, that stuff really bothered me. I'm like, really? You know, and, I, and I still get it now over things. I, you know, I'm not going to go into a whole list because it involves some of you. Um, that was uh, joking, joking. Proverbs 12, 16, a fool is quick-tempered. But a wise person stays calm when insulted. Isn't the Proverbs good? Nobody can live on eggshells. None of us can. Proverbs 19:11, good sense makes one good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Just 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 let. If it's not, just let some stuff slide, man. Just let them go. You can disagree without being disagreeable. The Bible says in Proverbs 17, 27, whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. A fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. I like that. And I, you know, I, I really, 
need to speed up right here, but in all of this, I do want to talk about another verse just very briefly. And it's found in Galatians chapter 6. And Galatians chapter 6 tells us something very important about confrontation with people. And it's something that we need to remind ourselves. And I want to share that just really quick. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of, say it with me, gentleness. Come on, let's say it again. Gentleness. And then it says, keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. I'm going to tell you something we don't talk about, I think, near as enough. But when we are going to enter in that confrontation, I'm going to, not only do you need to make sure your heart is right, but, and you need to make sure you are prayed up. Because here's the deal. I have seen it happen in my life. I have seen it happen over and over and over and over again. Somebody confronts somebody with some kind of issue and then quickly after that fall to the same thing. It's just how the enemy does it. Oh, there, there we go. It's just how the enemy does it. So, when you're going to approach somebody, it's done in the spirit of what? Not revenge, not hurtfulness. And I know those closest to us, it is difficult sometimes. I, one time, early in marriage, Angela, you know, we, we got in a fight about something that was her fault. And, but she told me, she said, <laughs> sorry, my, I just got dry humor this morning. She said, I wish you would talk to me the way that you talk to other people. You talk to others so nice, but to me, you talk rude. Listen, I know it's difficult for those closest to us. Let's have the fruit of the Spirit bear in our life. And even for those closest to us, let's have the spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And then he just adds, like this is a so Paul, right? If anyone thinks he's something, when he's nothing, he deceives himself. I mean, Paul, he says, you're not all that. You put your pants on one leg at a time. I mean, do you hear it? We're all just human. Let's, let's just have some grace with one another. But here's what it leads to. And I don't think this is just a weird thing that's just placed in that passage in Matthew 18. But God blesses unity. God blesses unity in marriage. God blesses unity in family. God blesses unity in a church. God always blesses unity. And I just want to qualify that to say it, unity is not something that means we're always going to 100% agree with one another. But we can disagree without being disagreeable. Can I, this may offend you. Can I just give some West Texas wisdom? Don't be a horse's butt. Don't be a horse's butt. Be gracious. Be gentle. Let the fruit of the Spirit bear in your life. And he says this in our scripture, in verses 19 and 20, again, I say to you, if two of you, I can see it now, you know, I'm going to get an email or a call about just me to saying that, but anyway, I got this trash bin on my email that, trash, trash, okay, anyway, 
Again, I say to you, Angel's like, I'm going to talk to him after church. If two of you agree about anything they ask, it'll be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. I mean, this being added in there is just not some, you know, P.S. postscript that doesn't fit. It fits perfectly in this passage. I mean, I just, you know, kind of in between the lines, I just hear the Holy Spirit saying, if you would get along, if you would have preference for one another, if you would give honor to one another, if you would act in gentleness to one another, if you'd be forgiving to one another, See what God would do. Oh, yeah, Jesus did say something about this. That people will know our love for God because of our love for one another. Are you with me this morning? And so just kind of in closing, well, just really in closing, it's not one of those site closings, Don't ignore conflict, address it. Don't ignore conflict, address it. Unless, it's just one of those things, just let it go. I mean, make sure that it really needs to be confrontation. Don't ignore it, address it. Don't let it fester. Don't let it get infected. Second thing is, don't exaggerate conflict. Solve it with the least possible publicity, and public scrutiny. Listen, we are, we, we are, how do I word this? We are um, our own good lawyers. Well, here's my case, you know. Don't exaggerate conflict. A third thing, don't, and all, there should be some fill in the blanks there if you're following along. Don't abandon conflict. Pursue it to resolution. Listen, I know there's plenty of us that are not, that, I mean, man, we're, we would, in, we would advo- avoid confrontation and conflict like if it was a nuclear waste site. That is not healthy. Pursue it to its resolution. Don't let the sun go down in your wrath and give the opportunity to, a, to the devil. Don't fence yourself in by conflict. Don't get on the island. Listen, if there is a way the enemy is going to attack you when you get offended, he's going to try to get you on an island there by yourself. And so, yes, it is scriptural. I'm not saying that whenever there's an issue that can't be resolved, that you tell no one. You do have a pastor, and you do have godly spiritual deacons. There are people in this church and in your life that can be emotionally and spiritually mature and help you walk through this. The last thing is this, don't recycle conflict. Once resolved, let it go and get back to your life. Quit carrying it. Don't recycle conflict. Don't, don't rework that pattern over and over and over. And listen, I know whenever we're hurt, sometimes it takes time. It takes time to build trust. It takes time for the walls to come down. And it's okay for that time to be taken. You wanna, you wanna go forward in wisdom and listen, I'm, there may be, you know, I was thinking one, one of the things I was criticized once is uh, I preached a sermon here, and I talked about how that, it, you know, bad company corrupts good character. 
Well, that's just not a nifty statement I came up with. That's a Bible verse. Right? Did you know that? Does everybody, I mean, that's a, that's a verse in the Bible. And I had somebody come up to me after church and say, I don't agree with that. You're wrong. I was like, wrong about what? That's not true that bad company corrupts good character. Where's your Bible? Let's, let's just look really quick right here. I want to end with this. It's Acts chapter 24, 16. I thought it was just an apt way to close this sermon, to close this series. It's Acts chapter 24 and verse 16. So I always take great pains. What do you think Luke meant? What, this is talking about Paul right here, but Luke's a writer. I mean, what do you think Paul meant by that? I take great pains pains I, th I think it means that I, I work at this it's, it's a daily effort for me I mean I, I've got to really guard my tongue guard my heart, guard my mind to what? have a clear conscience toward both God and man your relationship with one another matters and sometimes it does take work. As a matter of fact, there is one of those scriptures, if you've never taken the time to do this, of going through all the one another's of scripture. And I mean, there's one that says, if it be at all at possible, be at peace with one another. That doesn't mean try hard 1% of the time and forget it 99%. That means work hard at it. That means take great pains and work towards that unity and that peace. It also says, make every effort. And that, I can't even remember the way that it says it, but there's even a place where it says, you know what? When you're dealing with people, this is my vernacular, it may be tough, but work towards unity. Work towards peace with one another. I want you to stand this morning. Just as we close. Once again, thank you for joining us for our podcast. It is our hope and our prayer that it was a blessing to you. If you want more information about us, remember, you can go to odessafirst.com. You can watch services there. You can give online there. You can also go to any of our social media platforms. But it is my prayer that through this series that God does a deep work in us all. As Scripture tells us, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. God bless you.